Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Davey. And I'm Aubrey, and we're your hosts, and we are so thrilled that you're with us today for another incredible episode. Today's guest is none other than best-selling author Angie Smith. Yes. She has a Bible study series called Seamless, Understanding the Bible as One Complete Story. She has children's books. She has other books out there for adults. One is called Chasing God. Another is What Women Fear. She is a like solid a legend. lady right. all around. She's a legend. a legend. I'm so excited for our listeners to get to hear from her. Yeah, we're going to talk more about this conversation after the conversation. You want to stick around for that. But um, while you're kind of in transition right now, go ahead and rate and review the podcast. If you're not driving, if you're just listening to this at your work, your <laughs> right. cubicle, don't do it while you're driving. Don't do it while you're driving. But if you're not driving, go ahead and stop, hit pause. Rate and review this. We would love to hear your feedback on this podcast, and uh, it encourages us to hear how this podcast is impacting you in your life. Um, let's do this, Aubrey. Let's go ahead and dive into my conversation. I can't wait to talk about this. Let's can't listen wait. to this conversation I have with Angie Smith. Angie, it's so great to have you joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. I love what you're doing with this podcast. I didn't know the background, and now I'm just going to have to hop on and listen to all of them. It's really incredible. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much. We have so many stories of people who have gone through difficult times, and, and they've shared vulnerably and transparently, and yet they're allowing God to use their pain and leverage that pain for a greater purpose. And that's what Nothing Is Wasted is all about. That's why I'm so glad to have you as a guest here, because you're doing so many purposeful things that um, some of it, I'm sure, comes out of some repurposing of some pain and hardship that you've walked through. But also, you're just you're you're making a huge impact in the kingdom with your writing and your speaking and all the things you're doing. So I'm so grateful that we we have this time together. And I'd love for our listeners just to kind of get to know you. If they if they've never heard of Angie Smith, who is Angie? Where where are you guys located? What do you do? And then we'll kind of dive back into s- some of your story. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they haven't heard of me, they're probably not Christians. Um, but <laughs> True. true. <laughs> plenty have not. Um, I live in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. And I am married, ironically, um, a few days ago, <laughs> the day that we brought our girls to college. And it was our 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, that. wow. All of that converging at the same time. Wow. A lot going on. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I have identical twins who just started college. Mm. Um, they're going to Sanford, which is three hours too far away from me. And then... <laughs> hey, that's, in my, that's where I grew up. I grew up in Birmingham. Did you really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I used to go to the Sanford Library all, all through high school. Anytime I have a research project, I'd go camp out at the Sanford Library. My dad's a pastor, so he had like the ability for some reason to go in there and he had some kind of a pass to go in there or something. So that is so cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to ask you for good uh, suggestions for oh, it's food a great and some things. Great. That's school. so good to hear. I every time I bring it up, I feel like there's a lot of affirmation. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. that I'm incredibly grateful for. But they're there. And um now it's just I have two um other living daughters. One is six We'll be 16 on September 7th. So then there's that. So okay. much fun. Um, and then I have one who turned 11 um, mm. a few months ago. So wow. 
we are, yes, a lot of children, but fewer now. I mean, I keep telling people, I'm like, I sent half my kids to college, yes. you know, it's just totally changed the dynamic of our house, even in a few days. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, I, I think some people underestimate that transition and that sense of loss that you carry, you know, sending your kids to college and it almost, you almost feel and I haven't done it before, but I watch and observe, observe and listen to other people who have said this. They almost feel like kind of guilty in some ways with all of the, the difficult, you know, hardship and loss that people undergo. And yet there's this very real sense of loss mm. and severing and, and you're kind of stuck going like, what, okay, wow. How do I, how do I yep. process through this? You know, truly. And it's not, I, I, I think, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but, um, my girls are just, and I will not say this about <laughs> my other kids. <laughs> um, my children are all wonderful in their own ways. But Abby and Ellie just were sort of, they're just so good and so easy. And so I, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you they have never once been in an argument with each other mm. ever. It would be ridiculous. Wow. Now, with the other kids, there's plenty of arguing, <laughs> but they were just made a certain way and they're rooming together, which I'm grateful for. Um, but they're so tenderhearted that I think um, part of it is that they're both really struggling. And there's that thing as a mom where you're like, okay, I know this is where you're supposed to be. I know this is what is best. But just, you know, to read their texts and it's just, it's a strange place to be as a mom where you, you don't know what taking care of a child looks like yeah. in the, you know, in the most healthy way. So I know we're early on and it's been what five nights. I mean, you know, so we're just fresh out of the gate, but wow. it has been rough to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tough. You know, um, I, I'm sure that even in the midst of all of that, you're, you're seeing the Lord kind of show up and, and speak to you in those places before we kind of dive into the conversation I had planned, I'd love for you to hear, you know, I'd love for our listeners to hear what, where has the Lord met you over the past five nights in this, you know, as you've been mm -hmm. wrestling with this transition? I think one of the ways that he has really um, helped me, makes me want to cry, his kindness in people who he has brought around them. Um, and just seeing that kind of provision. I have some friends who live in Birmingham Um one in particular who just is someone I've known for years. We have similar jobs and she's 15 minutes away and she's always checking in and saying, what can I do? You know, can I have them over? Can I, and I just think there's something about, um, and I think we all feel this way as parents, just seeing the way the Lord will fill gaps. Yeah. And so that, that has been a really sweet thing for me. I feel like that's been a consistent theme as far as them I did not have an easy pregnancy with them. Um, I was in the hospital for 10 weeks while I was pregnant. Oh, wow. It was rough. And so they were born tiny but healthy. And um, my husband is a singer and he sings in a group called Sela. And mm. I will never forget. He, we set down one baby carrier. One was still in the NICU and he left to go on tour. Literally brought the baby in, set it down wow. and he left. And I just was a mess. I got one in the NICU. I'm trying to nurse. I mean, it was just total chaos. And there was one night where I was trying to walk in the NICU and was just sobbing and had spilled this bottle. And it was just one of those moments where I felt totally inadequate. And I'm like, they don't even know his voice. You know, I'm like, it was, you know, I mean, mm. you don't know probably what postnatal feels like, but I'm <laughs> sure you can imagine. And I walked into the NICU 
And it was really sweet because they were playing Sailor's music, their Christmas record. Mm. Um, and my face is bright red. And I'm like, thank you so much for playing this. They had no idea I was married to him. Wow. And the Lord said to me in that moment, they will hear my voice. Wow. They, they will hear my voice and you, you don't even have to be there. There are gaps that you don't even know that I'm filling. Yeah. And so ever since then, I feel like it's a long answer, but there has just been this kindness of yeah. when I feel inadequate, he reminds me of how little <laughs> yeah. I, I am in control or how unnecessary it is for me to feel like I have to handle all the details. Wow. That's so true. Isn't it amazing how kids will reveal that to you probably more than anything in our lives, right? Yeah, just this, it is the sovereignty, the providence of God, you know, and you're mm -hmm. learning it in a whole new season where you're sending these girls off to college and trusting that God's going to put some undergirding around them, some support around yes. them. People are going to fill in the gaps where you're unable to be there. Yes. Um, and that, that can be so difficult, especially for those of us who love control, which is just human nature, oh. right? We just want to be oh, able to control gosh. the whole thing. Yeah. I don't struggle with that, but I've heard Man. that people <laughs> No, I, this is, listen, this is the perfect podcast for me to be on because, um, yeah, I really have struggled with a lot of things, still struggle with a lot of anxiety and depression. And, um, there's a lot of just fighting through things and, and trusting the Lord that nothing is wasted. I think yeah. that's a really beautiful, it's a beautiful gift to see the ways that he has used yeah. the things that were incredibly difficult and continue to be. Wow. You know, I think that's so, that's so important for, I, I think oftentimes when people um, listen to our podcast or consume our material or then listen to what you're doing and consume your, you know, the Bible study that you've put out and this new book that you've put out and all of the different things that you're doing and just Christian leaders in general, a lot of times they can assume that they, they, they look at them and they put them on a pedestal and go, man, they've got it all together. They have all the answers. <laughs> right. And I think it's important for everyone to understand everyone struggles with the same things they're struggling with. That's right. Uh, that is Absolutely right. I mean, and truth be told, I had an event, I think it was two weeks ago, and I just couldn't get it together. And again, it, it is, it's rough in this season. Normally I, I do a better job, but it's really vulnerable to be in front of people. Mm -hmm. And I just stood up and I, my eyes got teary and I just said, I want you to know I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do this. Um, and we're going to get through it together. But the difference in you and in me is I just walked up six steps. That, that's the difference wow. between us. And and I do think it's true. And one of the things I feel like even just with the tension that's been going on in our country and in the world, I feel like in the past few years, another thing the Lord has done is he has said, be careful about writing people's narratives mm. when you don't even know them. You see someone on the street, you make assumptions or, you know, you know just this much about someone. And so many times I've written someone's story before I knew it. Yeah. And I was totally off base. So I think that's a really important thing to say. Social media doesn't help. You know, no, <laughs> a right. lot of the things don't help. Right. Uh, but you're exactly right. Man. Wow. Yeah. And then what's even more important is to understand that these things that we struggle with don't disqualify us from being used greatly mm -hmm. by God in the kingdom. Mm. In so, fact, it, it seems like it's these kinds of things that God leverages even more. It's in our yep. weakness that he is yes. made strong. Yes. Mm. And I love that scripture tells us so many stories yes. that line up with that. He was so clear yes. about from the beginning saying, 
listen, we're going to have this guy who doubts and we're going to have this guy who, you know, has lied. And we're going to, I mean, we're just going to have all these complicated personalities and they're the people I put in black and white. Right. The, these are the people I chose. There's something so just spectacularly complicated about hmm. the way that he has designed us and loves us. So I always go back to that when I am struggling and for anyone else who's listening, yeah. he did not, he didn't present perfect people to us yeah. in his word. And that was on purpose, but he used them and continues to, which is a good reminder on the right. days when we don't feel like it. Right. Well, and, and that's really what your, I mean, it seems like your life work is about helping people understand the narrative of scripture, that it's all these little kind of micro narratives that compile this one meta narrative, this one yeah. story that God is telling to interact with us, his creation and to woo us into relationship and wholeness with him. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that, but I'd love to start and, and talk a little bit about some of the difficulty and pain that you've experienced, you know, while we're on the topic of helping people understand that, you know, we're not immune to this as Christian leaders either, that we have gone through really difficult things. And often it's those things that God uses to leverage the the kingdom work that we're doing. Would you go back and just talk to us a little bit about um, uh, some loss that you guys experienced? Sure. Yeah. Um, that's really how my ministry started. So it's a, um, gosh, 13 years. Um, I was mm -hmm. pregnant with um, a daughter named Audrey. That's five girls if we're keeping track. Wow. So Your so poor husband. Girls. I know, seriously. <laughs> wow. You know, she um, would have been my fourth daughter, and we found out about halfway through our pregnancy that she could not survive outside of my body um, and made the decision to carry her as long as I could. And um, she lived for about two and a half hours. And so she's always been a part of everything I do because that, that is how it started. I just yeah. was writing a blog. That was kind of back in the day. It was just like on the cusp of blogs. I didn't really even, it wasn't really even a thing. Um, and really it was a place for me to just kind of journal what I was going through and what the Lord was doing. And I, I think there's such a need that yeah. people have to see, to walk through hard times with other people that I think there was just a connection of this community that kind of formed. Um, and so that that was sort of what, what started everything, which is beautiful and terrible, but yeah. it's a gift that she, her name is spoken so often, um, which is a privilege. I know a lot of people don't have in that situation. Yeah. Right. Wow. You know, I mean, there, there are moms and dads who are listening to this right now and they've um, experienced the same thing, you know, um, whether it's their miscarriage or stillbirth or, mm -hmm or losing a child shortly after birth or, you know, a few years after birth. And they're, uh, they're struggling to see God in the midst of all of that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious as to that wrestling with you in the midst of all of that, you know, um, I think it's easy to assume that, Oh, here's this family who's a Christian family. They're in ministry. Right. Of course they saw, see God in this, but you know, there's, there's often this, um, uh, this waffling, it, it, this dark night of the soul that can take place yes. where we, we begin to wonder and doubt, um, is God yes. who, who he really says he is. Can you talk to me about that wrestling that maybe you experienced? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like it's important for us to hear other believers mm -hmm. who are being honest about this. And I remember, um, there was one night 
It was a few days after we had gotten her diagnosis and it was one of my best friend's baby showers. Mm. And I remember us hugging and, you know, our stomachs are like pressing against each other. And, you know, everyone's praying for a healthy baby for her and knowing that I'm sitting in them. It's just incredibly difficult. And I got in the car and it was raining. And I remember basically just saying like, I'm done. I'm done with you. And I just started screaming and literally pounding my steering wheel. And I was like, you can change this. You can change this. You can fix this right now. And really having an extended amount of time in different seasons of my life where I have gone through that. And I think the one thing that always comes back to me is the Lord saying, Angie, you're still bringing it to me. Mm. You're still bringing, you're screaming because you're mad. But you're talking to me. And so even in the moments when you feel like you're doubting and when you feel like you're giving up on things, you're still coming to me. And I'm not intimidated by it. There is nothing that the Lord is not shaking in heaven because I'm, you know, wrestling or that I'm sad. And I kind of laugh when, you know, people are act like that because I'm like, you know, he knows, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) He's really smart. So when you're saying, you know, I just know I'm whatever. I'm like, he knows you're mad. You might as right. well say it, you know, <laughs> but I do think there's something about um, just recognizing that again, that's part of our, our faith. And I used to do tours, um, arena tours where you'd have 15,000 women in a room. And I remember saying, if there's one person in this room, no matter how, how long you've been a believer who has never struggled with doubt, like raise your hand. Mm. No one. Yeah. No one. And if someone did, I'm like, well, congrats, you're a liar. Yeah. No, I didn't <laughs> that. But I mean, the truth of the matter say, is uh, that... I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get up here and do the rest of this talk then? How does yeah. that sound? How does that sound, Janet? But yeah, <laughs> do, I, do I feel like it's good to hear other people say that? Yeah. Um, and again, it, the six steps didn't make no difference in, you know, what I do or what other people struggle with. And there, it, it, I'm, I promise I'm literally always like the funniest person in the room. I'm so much fun. I'm a happy person. (laughs) And now like, and then this terrible thing happened, but um, my, my sister-in-law was pregnant when we buried Audrey and she is an incredible singer. And she sang over her while she was being buried. There's no way to like make this not shocking, but she was holding her newborn baby while she's saying over Audrey and the following month, her son died of SIDS. And so oh he's next to Audrey. Um, and it was, that was one of those seasons where it was like enough. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I can't. And, and I do think that I had a really good group of people around me and I think I borrowed their faith yeah. for a long time, but there all of us have stories like that. All of us have times where we would look back and, and just think, I got through it, and he was there, and I have no other explanation, but it was incredibly difficult. Yeah. You know, I'm curious about that scene where you, you're at this baby shower, and you're, you're hugging your friend, and, and it created this major existential faith yeah. crisis in you, which is to be understood. I mean, there's so many folks that I... Um, we've talked to and we've coached to have lost a child and have said, you know, even to the extent of, I can't, I can't go to this person's baby shower. I just can't, I have, I can't, 
I'm unable to celebrate with somebody else after yeah. experiencing this loss. Um, how did you wade through those emotions? You know, this, mm. this dichotomy of, I, I really want to celebrate with my friend. And yet I'm, every time I try to step into that, I'm feeling this huge knife yeah. in my own, you know, soul. What was that like? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, <laughs> I know everyone wants to talk about the Enneagram, but I am very much a two. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good to I know. That's someone, good to, for me to know. It, I have some context I mean, now. <laughs> totally. Someone said the other day, if you want to cause like wreak complete chaos, walk into a millennial's party and just say, has anyone heard of the Enneagram? <laughs> like, <laughs> they'll lose their minds. Um, but I am a two. And so I think that part of what I had to navigate was, um, and you know, this is my background, but I, my master's degree is actually in child psychology. Mm. And so my love is understanding that. And what I had to realize was, you know, the Enneagram, all of that, you can rewind it to childhood and who did I have to be to be loved, right? Mm. Like that, that's what formed me. And so mine was that everyone else had to be happy. I had to take care of everyone else. No one's, my needs could never be the most important needs. And so Part of navigating that, honestly, was trying to figure out what would healthy and unhealthy, what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I, you know, was sort of like that I was willing to harm myself mm -hmm. to make sure everyone else was happy. Yeah. And I know that I'm not the only person who struggles with that. So it, I'm still I'm still trying to learn that. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I'll get it perfectly this side of heaven. But that again was a season where I really realized that I was, there was a tipping point in how much I could handle before it was like, no, Ange, you just need to not feel like you need to get out. So yeah, I'm still working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, at some point in this grieving journey and you're blogging and you know, you're, you're, the people are coming around, they're reading the stuff that you're writing because you're right. Just as you said, to your point, there's this solidarity, this community that begins to form when you're putting your vulnerable emotions out there and when you're putting your wrestlings with God out there. And mm -hmm. at some point, what kind of emerged from this was inside of you, this, this passion for helping people understand God's word um, yes. as this one seamless story. I'm curious yes. what that, how did that get kind of planted into the DNA of your faith first um, mm. as you're, before you begin, you know, before you're beginning to share this with other people? I, it's, it's actually a great story. Um, I became a believer when I was in graduate school and I had always kind of been, I, I like learning. I mean, it's just kind of a nerdy part of me that I love figuring yeah. things out and I couldn't figure the Bible out, <laughs> you know? So here I am in all these like heady classes at Vanderbilt and I go to a Bible study that I was invited to, which I didn't even bring a Bible to the first time because I, no one made it clear that you bring a Bible <laughs> to a Bible study. The next week I brought the only one I had. Precious moments. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. But what I did was, you know, I I just wanted to understand the overarching story. And I went into Lifeway, RIP, Lifeway bookstores. Mm -hmm. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. I'm devastated still. But I sat in the children's section, literally like crisscross applesauce, and I started pulling out children's Bibles. Wow. Like most basic one. What is the what is the, you know, bones of the story? And then the next one, and then the next one until I kind of, I graduated to words, you know, yeah. and, then I, and I started to piece it together. And 
I realized how the Old Testament and the New Testament were connected and just really in a broad sense, but of, okay, that's what this person in the Old Testament, oh, that was pointing to. And all of a sudden it just came to life for me. Mm. And so I think this passion comes from that girl who was so desperate to learn and, you know, just wanted a resource. And so if I can be part of providing resources to that person, it, it is one of the greatest honors of my life. Wow. Wow. Hi, Nothing is Wasted family. It's Aubrey Sampson, and I am so thrilled to tell you about my brand new book release, Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. It just came out on Tuesday, September 7th, and I would love to invite you to be a part of this journey with me, to read the book, engage with the book, and share about the book with your friends. So much is tied up in our longing to know who we are, to know our worth, to know whether we're loved, to know what we're meant to do with our lives. But there's a powerful truth that settles every question that we ask about ourselves. Here's the truth. God has named us, and the names that He has spoken over us settle every question and every pain we have experienced in our journey. So Nothing Is Wasted, I would love to invite you to go to nothingiswasted.com slash known to find out more and to buy the book today. How did hardship and pain and loss and grief maybe inject an even deeper love and understanding of God's word into you? Mm. Well, I think that one of the things that, um, again, I won't go into it because this will be a a long, sad interview, but I, my father passed away a few years ago and he was oh, just my hero. Wow. And my grandmother passed away two months after, but I will say she was a hundred and she was a spitfire. She lived an amazing life. Wow. But there was a point where I was like, those are the two seasons that I think have really shaped me and my faith as far as wrestling. And I would not pick up my Bible. I just hmm. didn't read it. I didn't, it was just like my backing away from everything. And Lifeway, who's been my publisher since I started, was extraordinarily gracious and extended my deadlines for a Bible study that followed seamless and over and over. And ironically, because God's hilarious, um, the Bible study that was due was on Jesus. And so I had to read, (laughs) like I had to study. And he's like, Angel, figure out a way. And so I think even in trying, you know, in the times when I was wrestling, he put me in his word. And once you're reading, you can't, you can't help it. There's nothing you can do to avoid soaking up everything you're reading. And so I think a new love was shaped. One of the things I always say, and it sounds kind of like a cheesy, you know, saying, but I really genuinely feel like that was a season where I lost my dad and I found my father. I think that if I could, if I could put a summary on that. And it just has reminded me over and over again that even in the moments where you feel like you, you don't even want to open your Bible, God yeah. will always meet you there. Always. There is never an exception. Even if you feel like you didn't get anything out of it that day, there's something that's so, it, you can't find anything like that here. Right. And it's truth. And so, yeah, I think that he's very creative in the ways he, <laughs> He is relentless about 
pursuing us always. And um, yeah, and in his word, it's this, it's a solace. You just, you can't explain it any other way. Yeah. Wow. It's so good. Uh, it's, it's interesting that you, you're, you got, you got a master's in like child psychology, developmental psychology, right? Yeah, um, I do. And, and so, you know, here's this, most people wouldn't connect the dots. I don't think of like this developmental psychology, child psychology with now your love for helping people understand God's word. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, as you're sitting there at this bookstore and you're opening up these <laughs> children's books, you know, this is helping you to begin to attach and see things in the simplicity of the narrative of scripture, which I think is yes. something that we lose. Um, yes. I'm so grateful for, you know, um, I grew up in church and, you know, there's either the rebellious pastor's kid or the religious one. I'm the recovering Pharisee, it seems like. <laughs> and so I was very in tune to all the Bible stories. I just to get the check mark on the, you know, attendance chart. Absolutely. I wanted to, but I'm grateful that those things were building blocks for me that deposits mm. were made into my soul. And I was learning all of these stories so that when I went through something really difficult, I was able to withdraw from, you know, I was able to pull mm. withdrawals from those and I didn't even know that I would need them. Um, mm. You know, to your point, God's speaking to you in a lot of ways that you don't even see right now, but maybe down the road, you're going to see all of it in a clearer picture. And, Absolutely. And then it should inform us as parents, how important it is to put our kids in front of places and spaces where they can understand and hear God's word and learn the stories and, you know, yes. all of those things. But yes. What's so fascinating to me is I believe wholeheartedly that obviously the way God created our brains to, he created our brains to work a certain way, you mm. know, um, and, and as we begin to understand God's word and who God is, it informs our psychology. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk to me about that a little bit, because I've not, I've not sat in front of somebody who is a Bible scholar expert and a developmental <laughs> psychologist. But I'm so fascinated by this conversation of how those two things merge, this whole idea of like, you know, our, our, our beliefs really inform yes. our, our behaviors and our mindsets. Yes. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Uh, bring your expertise here to the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. I know you had a flannel board, Davey. I know I you had a flannel board. <laughs> My mom actually taught life. the Sunday school class, right? I mean, I think Stop I remember it. we had... We had like trading cards of all the biblical characters. And if you showed up to, to Sunday school Stop. every week, you collected the trading cards. <laughs> I wanted to collect all of them. I put them in this little binder and it was really nerdy, really nerdy. That is amazing. <laughs> but I do, I mean, I think, and you would say this, I'm sure that you can still see, you know, you said I'm a recovering Pharisee. Mm -hmm. And then you made a joke about how you wanted to get all the cards and be the perfect, you know, I mean, it, that it's that connection that it's, it, it's always there. And I don't think a lot of people realize it, but you know, your relationship with God is obviously affected by, mm -hmm. you know, what it is, whatever bent you have in life. And, and so I think for me, the passion and the, the, what makes it so interesting is just being able to ask God to help me work through a lot of wounds and a lot of, and, you know, I don't, I don't mean to say that flippantly, like I can just sit at home and process, like, obviously you probably need to go to a psychologist or someone if that's something you're wrestling with. So I don't mean to diminish that. Right. But for me, I think there's just an awareness where God will bring up something 
in my childhood or looking at my kids and or even just talking to someone where you're just listening and a few sentences in, you can kind of go, okay. And not only does that help me love them differently, it helps me understand what the Lord is doing in their lives and maybe yeah. the battles that they're fighting. And, and you know, people's stories, I just think are, that's, the, I wish I, I hate, I actually don't do signing lines anymore because mm-hmm. it got so hard for me to hear someone's difficult story right. and not be able to sit down for an hour and ask every question. Yeah. It's just my personality. And so I think just understanding that about other people and seeing the way the Lord has created us so differently and just being a listener and understanding where wounds or just traits have come from in marriage even, you know, it's one of those things and I, I laugh about the Enneagram, but to be totally honest, I feel like it's one of the more reliable tests as Mm -hmm. far as being accurate. Nothing is perfect, but, and I think that even in that, again, it, you, the more important thing is to connect it to where did this start and how do I process that with the Lord? Um, but it's just so interesting. And my daughter is at Sanford. Um, they've never did. They're incredible singers. Well, only one audition for musical theater and she got in. And the other one just decided to major in psychology. And I'm like, my mission is complete. I have done it. I have done it. That's awesome. So, well, you know, to your point, I mean, absolutely. We always are huge proponents of counseling. I mean, we're telling people, hey, uh, bad people don't need, count- don't need counseling. All people need counseling. We all need right. someone to go and sit down with and they can reflect back the the things that we're saying to them and they can help us see maybe where we're off in our in our beliefs. However, yeah. I do love the fact that God is called a good counselor. Mm. And yes. that his word, right, is in a lot of ways yeah. it's it's the mirror that can reflect back to us as James says. That's right. And um and so, you know, to your point, immersing yourself in God's word can really help to untangle a lot of those wounds and heal those wounds yes. that are going yes. on inside of you. Yes. And I, I think one of the things, and I don't know if anyone listening struggles with this, but because of my personality, one of the things that I've noticed about reading scripture that's a struggle for me is that because I do have the kind of brain I do, yeah. I have to discipline myself to just read mm. and not sort of psychoanalyze everything. Like, why is that word there? And it can be a great thing, but it can also be something that gets in the way of my relationship with the Lord. And I do feel like it's the way I was made. You know, I have permission to do that, but that's something that I really work on doing that I want to have that intimate relationship and not this thing where I'm kind of moving away from just hearing his voice because I'm so busy trying to hear mine in his voice. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Yeah. So while we're on that topic, you know, there are lots of people who are listening to this, who they are, they are trying to impart God's word to other people, whether it's, you know, their pastors or their counselors or their writers or whatever. Um, how do you separate those two? You know, I struggle with the same thing. I'll be reading in my quiet time and going, Oh, that'd be a great little bit of content to put out or that'd be something great for my sermon in a couple, you know, but have, have you figured out any kind of methods to separate those two? Nope. Davey, your turn. <laughs> Go ahead and answer. I'm ready. I'm listening. And I was hoping I'd get a little bit of a, a tip here. <laughs> I do think that there is, this has only been recent, but just where I do feel like the Lord is saying, 
maybe this is just the way you read and that's okay. Mm. You know, that there's a permission to say that it might look different from other people, but that actually is the way that you're connecting because I made you curious. And I, I think mm. when people, that's probably one of the things I say the most often, not just about this, but in general about faith and the word is go into reading curious, be that's curious, like, you know, evaluate what you're reading and don't just let it wash over your head. You put your feet in the dirt of what you're reading and imagine what it would have looked like, what it would have just to not gloss over things um, and to be able to ask questions and not, you know, we, God did not write the Bible for scholars or for people who'd gone to seminary. He wrote it for us. Right. So there, I think that right now, one of the things I am really passionate about is seeing people take, take on their own faith in ways that give them the understanding that they are capable of doing it. They don't just go to church on Sunday and take notes and then think, well, I better go hear the smart person explain this again. Yeah. And um, that is such a passion for me. And I do, th I do think that's why I, I want to write when you talk to people and they say, you know, and again, this isn't because I'm tooting my own horn. This is just the way the Bible is that you have people who've, you know, come say hello to you. And they're like, I've been a pastor's wife for 40 years. I never knew that that's what that was. Mm. I never knew people stand and go, I had no idea the Old Testament was connected or oh, that book is intimidating or, you know, you yeah. say Deuteronomy, right? That sounds <laughs> intimidating. And then you go, well, no, actually it was just Moses. And like, here's what happened. And it's five speeches. You know what I mean? Right. Like, to have it at that level, for me, then when I go back in and I have the context, yeah. it's so much richer. And so I think that that to me is what I'm the most passionate about is getting people to have that overarching view so that when they jump in and go, okay, prophet, yep, way over my head, that you can just go, no, actually, okay, this is during this time period. This is, you know, that I just, I love seeing people's eyes light up when they realize yeah. how beautiful the word is in its entirety. Right. Right. So it sounds like, I mean, you know, you, you, I love that you're encouraging people to, to come to scripture out of this curiosity and the sense of discovery. It sounds like for you, particularly in your spiritual formation, when you make that discovery in God's word, it stirs your affections for God. And it, yes. so, so there, so there can be this overlap for you yes. and, and for many of us that whether we're studying God's word to impart something to somebody else, or we're studying God's word to really get it deep inside of our soul, it maybe doesn't need to be as segmented as what sometimes we think it should be, or maybe it's seasonal, you know, but I, I find the same thing that if I'm teaching somebody this truth of God's word, it in turn begins to stir me yes. up for God. As I'm making those discoveries, I'm yes. like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Lord, you're unbelievable. Yeah. So true. It is. I love the way you say that too, about it being segmented. I think that that's, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And I, I, again, I feel like that is one of the kindnesses of mm -hmm. the Lord because it's, it keeps me in a place where I'm constantly looking and listening. And mm -hmm. it's amazing what you discover about God when you're just paying attention to moments where someone is speaking to you and all of a sudden you're stirred by what they're saying right. or something jumps out in scripture or whatever it is. And so, because he'll never disappoint you and you're right. never going to get the answers to all of your questions and you're never going to get so deep into scripture that you understand it. So it is a mystery and that mm -hmm. wasn't by accident. And so it's, it, for me, that's the, that's the fun of it and the frustration yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. I want to figure everything out and I can't. <laughs> yeah. 
absolutely. Hey friends, do you lead a small group in your hometown or are you a part of one? Either way, are you looking for a curriculum to help guide your group through the fall? Well, now we have different pain to purpose small group package options over at nothingiswasted.com. One that is six weeks long and covers the new pain to purpose devotional and one that is 12 weeks long and covers the entire pain to purpose course. Now, if your group is ambitious, we even have a third option. It's called the 12-Week Plus Package, and it comes with the entire course and the devotional. And we're running a special right now on these packages. I'll tell you about how to get in on that special in just a moment. But first, the Pain to Purpose course is an 11-part video series that is a proven pathway to help you and your small group remove the debris of crisis in your lives repair the broken pieces left in its wake, rebuild a solid foundation, and move forward with a renewed sense of purpose and mission as a group. Without a clearly marked path and a carefully devised plan, the valleys that we all face will only seem to grow darker, more depressing, and more difficult to navigate. When left unaddressed or when we try to address them on our own, which is why we believe in doing the Pain to Purpose course in groups, so that you can find a community of people who have experienced trauma and tragedy and help each other make it out on the other side of the valley together. You'll be surprised at how people that you may have known for a long time will open up about their own pain and suffering through the life-changing pain-to-purpose journey. Now, if you're interested in learning more about how the pain-to-purpose course or the pain-to-purpose devotional could be a great resource for your small group, head over to nothingiswasted.com slash smallgroup. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash small group. Now back to our interview. Well, let's say someone's listening to this and they're, they're struggling to know how to get started. Now, obviously you have lots of resources out there to help people. And so you can't condense all of that into a couple of statements right here. And we want to make sure that everybody goes and checks out the resources that you've made available. But is there a couple of quick things that you could help our listeners with, if they're struggling to know how to get started reading the Bible, they're approaching it the same way that you did going, I'm just confused by this. What, 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 what are some, you know, first starters steps for them? Um, ironically that night of the baby shower that I was talking about, one of the gifts that was given to her was the Jesus storybook Bible. And that was the Mm. first time any of us had ever seen it It had just come out. And I recommend that constantly because it's showing you how Jesus was always a part of the story from the very beginning. And so I think, and it's, it's beautiful. And obviously it's just sort of the, it's the most, I mean, it's just one of the most profound resources we have. And it's right. a children's Bible, essentially. Um, although I've seen grown men reading it on a plane, which really <laughs> blessed me. <Yeah. laughs> so that's one of the places I would yeah. say to start. It's simple, but it it's effective in showing you the way that, again, the Old Testament and the New Testament have always been connected. That's so good. Yeah. I love, um, trying to find Jesus in every single story, you know, just, just to exactly what that Jesus storybook Bible is trying to illuminate to us. But I think it's interesting where if if you can begin to understand the the narrative of scripture and the narrative of the gospel, that there's a, Mm. you know, there's a fall and there is a, an enemy and an opposition that really stirred up that fall and tapped into our humanity and our human condition. And then, and yet 
God has always established this plan to make a way for us um, to be rescued and saved and redeemed. You can see that thread happen in nearly every story of the Old Testament, and you can begin to find find the the archetype of Jesus Mm. in each one of those. You know, I remember the first time. I think I was listening to. I don't remember who it was, but a pastor was talking about the story of Joseph and how Simeon tried to go and rescue Joseph to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And the scripture literally says, tried to go rescue Joseph out of the pit to bring him back to the father. And this mm. pastor made the connection that Simeon was the firstborn mm. and that, that Simeon in that moment was an archetype of Jesus, the wow. firstborn of all creation who has come to us in the pit to rescue us and bring us back to the father. Wow! And that was the moment, Angie, for me, it was like, Ugh. oh my gosh, this is... wow. This is what God's word does over and over yes. and over and over. He's pointing yes. us to Jesus. He's pointing us to Jesus. Yep. And so I exactly. love that you say that. Like, take the Jesus storybook Bible and just start reading. Yes. Mean, that should be I part mean, of honestly, your. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Sign up, get your flannel board. That's right. And Jesus Bible and just get going. You got it. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so great. Well, you, you've just released this book, Woven, and yes. uh, understanding the Bible as one seamless story. Um, and this is kind of, in, in some ways, correct me if I'm wrong, but in some ways it's a dovetail of the Bible study seamless, right? Yes, it, it is. Talk to it me is. about the, 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 maybe the differences between the two and what you hope to, you know, what, what are you hoping for the readers of Woven? What do you want them to, to get? Yeah. Um, the, the prayer that I've had since the beginning was, and it is a dovetail is a good word because it's, it isn't, it isn't the book, just the book version of it. It definitely carries everything over, but it's a lot more detailed. Um, I think honestly, at first when it was brought up to me, I was talking to my agent on the phone and, you know, I've got like one book left on this deal and they bring this up and I'm like, that feels like a punt. Like, (laughs) you know, just make it, that feels like a punt. And so I prayed about it and thought about it and I realized it really wasn't. And I, I realized, I thought again, back to that, girl sitting in Lifeway, I wouldn't have picked up a Bible study mm. on my own. That Filling in blanks and having to know where things are in the Bible and, you know, but I would have read a book. I would have picked something up to read a story. And so hypothetically, someone has never read the story of scripture. All the verses you need are in there. Everything, you know, you don't have to have a Bible sitting next to you and feel like, you can't, you don't know how to answer questions or you're intimidated. And so my heart behind it was, I really, I hope that one of the things it does is reach people who might be overwhelmed, either picking up a Bible study or even a Bible. Yeah, that's so great. Um, Well, I know it's an incredible work. I know your Bible study, Seamless, is incredible. It's impacted so many, so many people. And I know that Woven already is as well, impacting so many people. And, you know, I, I love the message that you're carrying because again, I'm a, at the heart, I'm a deep, deep love lover of God's word. I mean, a Mm. Bible scholar. And so anytime that someone like yourself teaches these new things, these fresh kind of insights in God's word that helps me understand the whole meta narrative, it just Mm. awakens me you know, to the, Mm -hmm. to who God is and what he desires for me and the relationship that, that we can have and that we can trust him, that there is this providential storyline that we are caught up in, we're swept up in this and that the faithfulness of God all throughout scripture can show us that he's going to be faithful in our lives as well. Um, you know, that is absolutely right. I think, I think of, you know, pain and suffering 
right? It seems to be that's the, that's a thread throughout all of scripture mm-hmm. is pain and suffering. It is. And yet, and God, we can, you can open up the Bible to the first few pages and see why, yep. you know, it's, that's, that is our humanity. And that is what this world is going to be. And there's no, there was never a question about that. Um, after the fall, I mean, yeah. the Bible is very clear that we are going to have pain and suffering, um, but it's not forever. And right. I think the more I read and the more I do make those connections, it's almost like the chances of these things happening would be impossible. Mm. Even if you, you don't, you know, like you look at how many prophets who who spoke of a coming Christ who who wouldn't come for years and years and years, you know, and this, you just, you couldn't make it up. Yeah. And I think for me, that is one of the things that I go back to. And I'm like, this is history. I mean, this is, we're reading That's about right. kings who were real kings and we find, you know, right. and it's it, the context again is so spectacular to me to that the weight of that of objectively this could not have been an accident and so if i believe that then i have to believe all of it it's not you know this carte blanche like if it's true then he will comfort me yeah and i you you have gone through great tragedy you you may grieve that for the rest of your life and that's okay um but you have to remember that there is something after and there is an ultimate comfort that we wait for. Right. So good. Angie, I got one more question. I'm, and this is out of pure curiosity. Okay. This may not benefit our See, look listeners at, you. at all. Using your curiosity. Good job. <laughs> I'm really, I really am curious. You've, you've studied the, the Bible front to back, back to front over and over and over and over. There's got to be one thing one thread of scripture or maybe one character that you relate to the most that you almost see your story kind of running parallel with their story or so, so give me, I'll give you an example. Uh, for me, it's David. Okay. Mm. I just really relate to, I mean, my, my name's Davy. That's my, I know I was gonna say. so it's, there's a namesake <laughs> thing, but also just, there's so much that it feels like I can relate mm. to his, even what it yeah. seems like his personality, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, I, yeah. I feel like I relate to that. My, my wife, her favorite thread is the Israelites running or uh, wandering through the wilderness. Okay. That's mm-hmm. like her favorite thread. There's gotta be something for you too. And, and, and if so, what is it and why, or who is it and why? Mm, I think every, it shifts every now and then, but okay. probably, and it's going to, of course, it sort of goes along with what we're saying, but maybe for a deeper reason is I would say Thomas. Um, okay. And of course, you know, we always say doubting Thomas, that's, that's how we know him. But the truth of the matter is, he was an incredibly strong believer and right. a very loyal follower of Christ in sort of what I see as a fumbly way. Yeah. You know, like he's like, well, I'll follow. Where are we going? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this sort of like I picture kind of a naivety about what he was going to do when push came to shove with mm-hmm. his faith. And, you know, there's this it's I don't think anyone would ever make a bumper sticker of this, but there's this time period that goes by. It's obviously not an accident where the disciples have all seen Jesus and he hasn't. Again, it's not like Jesus opened the door and he was like, shoot, where's Thomas? What yeah. I thought you guys would all, he it's obviously he knows he's not going to be there. Right. But one of my favorite it's there are five words that are some of my absolute favorite words in scripture. And again, it's not a bumper sticker, but when Jesus does come back, one of the very first things other than peace be with you is it says, then he turned to Thomas. I think the gaze of heaven in that moment was on the doubter. 
because, and you know, Thomas has said all along, unless I do this, unless I do this, unless, and I know I've seen that painted. To be honest, I wasn't there. I have no idea, but there's nothing in scripture that says he actually ever touched him. Mm. There's nothing that says he actually had to follow through because there was something about what he saw that was enough. And Jesus was not condemning him. He understood what he does about me which is that I doubt because I want to believe so much. And I I do think that that was the heart of Thomas. And I can relate to that, that I'm not condemned because of those moments. And just the fact that Jesus would turn and look at him and and say, well, then here it is. What do you need? And that something about that moment was enough, despite the things that he thought were mandatory. And there's so much application of that in my life. Mm. That's so good. So good. The gaze of heaven turned to the doubter. That's amazing. Mm. And interestingly enough, Thomas was a twin. That is correct. I know. See, look, there wasn't an Angie in the Bible, so I had to jump (laughs) (laughs) to some other. (laughs) That's right. Vicariously through your daughters. That's That's so great. That's so great. Angie, this has been wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for spending time with us. I want to make sure everybody goes and picks up a copy of Woven. We'll make sure we have it easily accessible for you here on the the podcast page so that you can just find your way to it really quickly. But Angie, where can we follow what you're doing? Where can we um, kind of tune in more closely to um, everything that you're putting out there? Yeah, I um, I have angiesmithministries.com. Sad to say I was double checking myself to make sure that was correct. Um, <laughs> and I'm on Instagram, although I'm terrible about posting. So yeah, I love Instagram. That that feels like the the place where I can connect the most. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us here on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thank you. I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate what you're doing a lot. Wow, such a powerful conversation with Angie Smith Davy. I loved hearing her talk about yeah. woven, understanding the Bible is one seamless story. I, you know, it it made me think of years ago. I led a group of young women, all single, all uh, very, very early twenties, through a Bible study that went through um, the Bible as one story. Oh yeah. And okay. the most powerful thing through it, thinking about uh, that being related to nothing is wasted, is that a lot of the women at the time, many of them weren't Christians. Yeah. Um, some of them were going through horrific tragedies. I'll never forget when her her parents were getting divorced. Like yeah. she was in her 20s and her parents had just said they were getting divorced. Another one had just lost a grandparent that she was really, really right. close to. And it's incredible. I think sometimes we forget this because we study the Bible um I don't know. We study the Bible either just like cognitively or we get so used to it that we just forget there is power in studying God's word in community and there's power for our healing journeys in God's word. Like the things we learn, but also the way we see God interact with his suffering people, the fact that we have a suffering God, I think just to... um, the Holy Spirit uses, of course, because it's God's yep. word, right? So the Holy Spirit uses the word of God in such a profound way in yeah. our healing journey. And I, I, that's what I love about your conversation with Angie is I think it's so important for all Christians to know and love the Bible really well so that we honor God, but also so that we experience the healing that God has for us. Right. I think that's the power of the Bible, you know, is... yeah 
is experiencing God's story and how he interacts with us and how he interacts with us in the midst of pain, because that is the common thread for all of humanity, all of mankind, right. and that the gospel right. and and God's um, uh, saving providence and sustaining providence and his power, those are the things that really rescue us out of this. I, re- I remember really seeing that come to life on my um, first trip to Israel. And it was, you know, we've talked about this before, but it was six months after my late wife, Amanda was killed. And up Mm. until that point, my entire world, it felt like was just gray. I was struggling with trying to figure out what is the purpose for going on? I knew God had a profound purpose for me. I had sensed that since I was younger. And and I just knew that this was a major, it felt like a major detour in that whole process. But Mm -hmm. I still was like, but I don't, I just don't, just don't know how to step in like what it like it just I don't want to without her yeah and you've probably felt the same if you've lost someone close to you but when Mm -hmm. I went to Israel every stop that we made and every passage that we opened up that correlated with those locations it seemed like the common thread was pain and suffering Wow. And I know it wasn't, wow. I know it wasn't intended. It wasn't they like, oh, oh Davey's on this trip. We're going to make all of these things themed around pain and suffering. No, it was because every person on that trip had dealt with pain and suffering. And, mm. and you can't step into the storyline of the Bible without seeing pain and suffering as a common thread yeah. and seeing God's yeah. redemptive nature and power in the midst of the pain and suffering that we experience. And so it didn't matter if I was in Caesarea Maritime. It didn't matter if I was in Caesarea Philippi. It didn't matter if I was in Galilee or in Jerusalem. Pain and suffering became the common mm. thread. And that's why I think it's imper- imperative not to just study the Bible in fragments and sections, and, but to see the entire story arc to see yeah. the full narrative of God's word and how yeah. each of those little stories and those little pieces fit into that full narrative. That's what I love about what Angie's doing and what she has. I mean, mm-hmm. she, it seems like she's made it her life work to help people understand the Bible. I'm just sitting here listening to you talk, Davey, and it, it's bringing to mind, uh, I have a very good friend right now literally fighting for her life from mm-hmm. stage four incurable cancer. And I, I know from her story that God's word has been so meaningful to her in this time, reminding her, like you said, that from Genesis to Revelation, like the story of God is a story of God walking with hurting people and bringing them out, not always out of that hardship, especially not at first, but eventually out of that hardship into a greater story, into a beautiful story. And only God right? I mean, some of these situations I know listeners you're facing, we know some of your stories and know that you are like holding deep, deep pain and darkness. You are facing things that really are inexplicable in a lot of ways. Only a God like we have could take that darkness and that pain and make something beautiful out of it. And again, the power of God's word, that's where we're reminded. That's where we borrow faith when we don't have it. Like you say all the time, Davey, is God's word that helps strengthen us when we need something to hold on to in dark, dark times. So good. That's so good. Well, we want to continually point you back to God's word as we're helping you partner with God to take back your story. You know, one of the things that we try to remind you over and over and over is that we, Davey, Aubrey, the Nothing is Wasted team, Nothing is Wasted Ministries, we are not the hero in this. We are not like the right. the big G guide. We're not the we we are just these little G guides pointing you to the one who truly can walk you through whatever you're going through because he understands right. what you're going through. He's walked through everything that we have had to endure as well. And and so if nobody else understands in this world, 
he gets it and he can walk you, right. walk with you and, and help you walk through this. And so we want to help you partner with God to take back your story. You can go and find all of our resources at nothingiswasted.com. And as I just mentioned, the Israel trip, we actually are taking an Israel trip with Nothing Is Wasted. This has been pushed back quite a bit because of COVID. Uh, we yeah. do have plans for this October of 2022, October awesome. of 2022. So you can find out more information on nothingiswasted.com slash Israel while you're at nothingiswasted.com perusing all the resources we have there, make sure that you check out Aubrey's newest book, whoa, whoa. Known. You need to pick up a copy of that, nothingiswasted.com slash known. And uh, we've got just so much there that, I mean, you can get lost in all the resources that we have at nothingiswasted.com. So, so go and visit. We also want to mention Sleeping at Last and thank him for providing all of the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can find his music wherever it is you stream your music. We'd also love to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Nothing is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, and at Obsamp. And next week, we are joined by author Ken Baugh, who has a new book coming out. It's going to be a great conversation. Let's go ahead and take a listen to a little clip of Davy's interview with Ken Baugh. I got fired from my job as senior pastor in 2014. We can talk about mm-hmm. that, but the the pain around that was so debilitating, and it triggered it triggered so much of my unresolved stuff that I had. Oh, wow. But one of the things that I've learned over these last seven years in how God works through pain is He allows pain in our lives. I think for two primary reasons. One is because it's in that pain that I learned something about God that. I can't know any other way. How, right. how can I know that God is my provider yep. if I'm never in need? Yep. How can I know that he's my comforter if I'm mm. never in pain? Mm. Uh, the other aspect of that is I believe that everything God does is relational. He's a relational being. Mm. And uh, wanting to be with us through those seasons of pain yeah. is, is a very intimate uh, bonding experience that if right. we will lean into that, we will ha- we will experience an intimacy with Jesus that I'm not sure we can experience in any other way. <laughs>